Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today, my guest is Adam Ware, vice president and general manager of national networks and platforms for Sinclair Broadcast Group. Ware is knee-deep in the streaming wars, but rather than global domination, he's fighting for ad dollars in local markets around the country. Sinclair is investing big in STIR, an ad-supported platform that aggregates local newscasts and other content from Sinclair's nearly 200 TV stations. Ware, who previously worked in distribution for Fox in its early days and for Barry Diller's 1990s media ventures, shares insights from the experience of building STIR over the past two years in our conversation. Adam Ware, Vice President and General Manager of Sinclair Broadcast Group's National Networks and Platforms Group. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I think the podcast is now concluded with the length of my title. I want to start by talking about uh, one of the services that you run, which is called STIR. And it's a, it's a streaming platform, an ad-supported streaming platform. And why it was intriguing to me, and I wanted to talk to you today, was that we have, the press certainly is guilty of sort of shaping the streaming wars as certainly a global race, a global chase that is unprecedented in its, in its geographical scope. And it is definitely one of the things that is changing the game for the, the biggest media conglomerates. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a, you know, a ground game to be had in streaming in local markets. And that is where STIR and Sinclair with its many, many stations comes in. Tell us, tell us about STIR, which is, if I'm not mistaken, is coming on about two years old, and tell us sort of all the, all the elements that you have built into STIR, and tell us how this, this ad-supported business is doing in this, you know, as we get here to the end of 2020. STIR is a, it's a national service, and I, I think the, the line I like to use to explain it is it's streaming TV from your local TV station for free. So as opposed to being sort of this national service coming from somewhere, uh, I would love that in a focus group, if I were to ask them, where is STIR made? They would go, oh, that's, that's from Fox 45, right? Or, or Como in Seattle. Like, that's my, from my local TV station. So at the, at the core of that was putting content that was uniquely local front and center on a platform, on a service. Um, STIR is not an acronym for anything. STIR literally came from two parts. One is the challenger side of it, right? Mm -hmm. Stirring it up. And the Mm -hmm. other part is a a mix of content. So stirring Mm -hmm. up a mix of content. And uh, at the core of this was local news as a a fundamental, you know, uh, 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 um, foundation of of the service, complemented by other local programming, complemented by the local syndicated hits that the stations owned and have the streaming rights to in their marketplace. Uh, And then go uh, and and build out a free service out of that, but not not an on-demand service because at the core of this was a couple couple sort of key factors. The first factor was, um, okay, do you have to have stations in the top VMAs to make this work? And 
the reality is that when you look at where streaming is the strongest, it doesn't match up to the top DMAs, right? So, um, yeah, there, there's a there's Nielsen put out an interesting study last year. I think they they analyzed where are the strongest DMAs for streaming. Um, I, the number one DMA for streaming, I think, is Austin. Seventy percent of that DMA streams. Uh, Cleveland watches the most amount per day on a streaming basis. Wow. Um, Austin and Salt Lake City are tied for number two among the metered markets for the most that own streaming devices. Right now, New York, LA, and Chicago are up there always because they're huge populations. But it's actually, it's a different footprint when you look at streaming. And Sinclair's footprint matched up really nicely with mm -hmm. that. So, you know, Austin, we have a pretty strong TV station in Austin. Uh, and S Salt Lake City, we have a pretty strong TV station in Salt Lake City, uh, and so on. So that served as the basis of the footprint for can we launch a national service that was locally targeted at scale and, and appeal to markets where uh, they were more likely to stream, right? I think the second part of streaming is that um, Nielsen, uh, the same Nielsen study, I think the stat was uh, somewhere around 50% or so uh, watched traditional local TV news. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's always assumption streamers don't watch news right. at all and don't watch TV stations. They're right. watching short form content produced for five cents on YouTube. That's right, right. that's right. And the, and the reality is, I'm sure people are, but 50% are actually watching local TV news. Um, and so that became the basic fundamentals. Did we have the markets? Did we have a footprint that can make this work at scale in the right DMAs? And the answer was yes. Right? Did we um, did we have the right genres to work locally? Yeah, right. And and Stir features a hundred thousand hours of live local news a year. Uh, did we have uh, a, a, a corporate owner that was willing to invest uh, and not look uh, for an immediate ROI that year because streaming takes investment. Yeah, absolutely, because Sinclair has a history of that. All those ingredients went into start. Let me ask you, how does it work with the stations? How did the state, how do, how does the monetization work? Does mm -hmm. the monetization, you know, if, 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 if the, the Como six o'clock news gets, you know, uh, 500,000 views, how do they get, is there a process of they get credit for that? Or is that, or do, or do the stations like, you know, they can sort of contribute their, their news and their advertising to the greater good of the broader Sinclair broadcast group. Can you talk about how that works just on a business proposition with having that many stations contributing to this service? Sure, sure. So uh, there's two parts of that. One part is that, um, Local OTT, uh, OTT revenues uh, are exploding on a local basis, and 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 that's just the sale of OTT inventory. Um, you actually get a higher CPM on a local basis than you would on a national basis. It's a similar between network and local spot, right? The same sort of differences, and the TV stations uh, are have sales teams on the street talking to local TV advertisers who 
want to be in OTT. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, it, kind of in the same way those same advertisers way back when wanted to be in cable. But back then, the TV station wasn't selling cable. They were just selling their TV station. Right. Well, now they're selling their TV station and they're selling OTT inventory. And the um, conversations are with in, largely with endemic advertisers? Uh, yes. In large parts about endemic advertisers um, that want to now find campaigns across multiple platforms. But then you also see new advertisers. Um, I'll give you I'll give you an example, right? So, in Bowie, Texas, uh, which is located between Fort Worth and Ada Ardmore, I've I've actually been there uh, a long time ago. I've been there, and uh, the stations in Texas we have we have stations in San Antonio, Austin, Abilene, and up to, up to Oklahoma, and so on. Uh, that client is a horse auction client and that horse auction client was buying advertising locally to get people to show up to the auction they were using facebook live as a means of streaming to those that couldn't get to the auction all of a sudden covid hits and less people are showing up to the auction mm-hmm. and the station while liking fa- uh, the client while liking facebook live was like, you know, it's okay, but what more can we do? We like we like TV. We know TV advertising is 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 really powerful, and so what the stations in in that territory did is they met with the client. They said, let's let's brainstorm about how we can take advantage of stir, and so they came up with a really cool idea to make a twenty four seven channel out of it, and so there is a channel now called the Horse Shopping Channel. It's on Stir. Uh-huh. Uh, it features live auctions of, of horse auctions throughout a month. And then when that programming isn't on, it features other sort of related content on that channel. And it is a completely paid for by the client channel. And so that client, that local client, instead of just buying 30-second commercials or using Facebook Live, they now have their own television channel. And I'm I, and the obviously the ROI is good enough for them to continue it. Like, did they yeah. see a bounce? It, it has been so far. You know, I I think part of how they measure their ROI is you know did we sell more horses? Right, that's one way. I think the other is have they grown their brand? Have they enhanced their brand? Uh, and and they have a business model that there's a lot of horse auctions out there. So part of their business model is to actually now be the conduit for other horse auctions mm-hmm. who will then pay them to be on this channel. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so they're play, playing a little broker. So as an example, that's a completely new type of advertiser that's buying this OTT inventory. And in that scenario, do the Texas stations have any piece of the horse auction channel or is that? Yeah. So, a- so, well, they don't have a piece of the channel, but they have, they get a sh- they get a commission on the revenue because they were the people that executed the agreement. Mm-hmm. When the inventory is sold um, uh, on STIR, the state, if the station is selling the package to a local advertiser, they will get their share of that package. If, the, if it's sold through programmatic, the station doesn't get that share because it's not the station who did the local sales through programmatic. Um, and then what we do is we have a second piece of this is, is that we also return. So that's the form of a commission. Then the other thing we do is our whole model is a revenue share. 
So any partner who's on our platform, whether it's a station or it's a third party partner, based on their delivery and based on the revenue attached to the delivery, they get 50% of the revenues from Stir. So that is, that is the second model for them, um, uh, which I guess is a way they're selling ads. But even if they don't sell an ad, they still get, if they're not the ones selling the ad, they'll still get their share based on the popularity of the programming. Do most of your stations, in, you know, in addition to making the newscasts on STIR, if I go to Como or WJLA in DC, do most of them offer a live stream of, an, of a live newscast? Yeah, they do. They, what the, what, again, where they started, and this goes back to sort of, again, why they were sort of early in streaming, what they first did was they put the live stream on their website and um, people would watch it, but it, you know, it really wasn't the primary way people were watching the live news. They were the primary way they were watching live news was on television. Mm -hmm. um, then there would be a live stream in their local app. But again, the local app really was used more for um, breaking news or weather or things like that. So what we did with the live news was instead of just putting up a live stream of it, we said all these stations do anywhere from, you know, four to six hours of live local news a day, even more eight hours on the high end, live local news a day. Why don't we actually create a channel out of it? They're already on a channel right there they have a channel and then they go into syndicated shows and they go into network shows and so on they have a 24 7 channel why don't we do the same thing why don't we do this 73 times because we have 73 stations that do all this local news as part of the lineup and so we we came up with a channel called the stir city channel and so the stir city channel is a localized channel it's in the first position on the platform it's the first position on the epg it's powered by the station. So in Baltimore, it's, it's Stir City powered by Fox 45. In Seattle, it's you know, Stir City powered by Como News. And the local news will run live on the TV station and on their Stir City channel. Then let's use Seattle as an example. If they, let's say, have their morning news from 5 to 7 a.m., and then at 7 a.m., they would go to Good Morning America, well, on the Stir City channel, we wouldn't go to Good Morning America. We go to other programming. And so Stir actually programs out a 24-7 channel. It, it's very much like an, it's a, it's a network. It's the Stir City network with local affiliates that put in their live local news. And the reason we did that was because we believe so firmly that linear was the way people wanted to consume uh, uh, streaming video, there, so much so that there wasn't even a term. We knew it was happening, but the industry couldn't figure out a term for it, right? It was called AVOD. <laughs> right. So, so if you had a linear AVOD, what, what, what is that? Right. And, and sure enough, Pluto was in the linear business. Uh, Zumo was in the linear business, Stir's in the linear business, Peacock's in the linear business, and on every, you know, Roku channels now in the linear business. They reckon Netflix in their own way is in the linear business. They're testing a linear channel, right? Uh, I think in France, uh, and, and an autoplay from one episode to the next is a linear experience, right? It's, it's sitting on the couch doing less work, 
someone curating something for you. And, uh, and so Stir City became the embodiment of how we were going to take this live local news and put it into a Stir City. And just uh, to, for, for clarification, if I'm sitting in um, St. Louis and I pull up Stir, I'm going to get a, a St. Louis focused stream of information or I will get a pastiche of different Sinclair newscasts from around the country. In, in St. Louis, you will get a mix, right? Um, in Austin, you will get a local news. Got it. Okay. And, so, and that's dependent on where you have state. Okay. Gotcha. Where, where we have news affiliates. So that's actually the next sort of phase for us now is to add affiliates in markets where we're not in. Uh, and maybe that's multiple affiliates in markets where we're in, right? Um, or or filling uh, uh, markets where we're not in. Uh, that either comes from partnering with a station, and we are in pretty advanced talks with a couple to have them come on, join a stir affiliates, filling in some of the bigger markets. Um, or it comes from producing your own news in the market. So in Ohio, for instance, we have stations in Cincinnati, Columbus, and so on. We don't have a station in Cleveland. But the idea of using that infrastructure to produce a news that would be relevant for people in Cleveland or Ohio, that's clearly a path. Do you have any national sales layer on this? Do you like do old fashioned like barter, you know, you bundle all the inventory that you have from your stations and try to sell it to national spot buyers? Do you do, is that yeah, so a factor? So there's, yeah, so there's multiple pieces to it. Like one first piece is is local sales staff going into local advertisers selling the equivalent of local spot um, OTT inventory. They're either selling stir or they're selling inventory that we've purchased from Roku, for instance, um, that isn't in anything we own, but it's we're in a better position to sell that inventory than Roku is, and so we're arbitraging right. it, right? In a local newscast, right? It could be in, you know, uh, a cable networks app, for instance. Um, if they have inventory, we're in a better position to sell it locally and take advantage of that. So there's local spot sales. Then there is national spot sales. And that national spot sales goes through a company that we have that's called Compulsal TT. And what that does is we go to advertisers in New York that are interested in buying TV and OTT in San Antonio. And we, we go to that agency with a package and that agency then goes by the market. And that follows the spot, you know, uh, traditional national spot business. It applies OTT as well. Then there are advertisers that want to buy the whole, the whole country, want to buy just, just one footprint, want to buy the platform. Uh, and so on. And uh, that can come in the, in the form of a sponsorship of a channel uh, or of the platform, uh, or they own their own channel, like the horse shopping channel is a national channel, as an example. Um, and, and because we're linear, because Stir City is actually programmed day, date, and time, it, it fits into a network format. So we can actually mm -hmm. sell a schedule to an advertiser based right. on, a, on a network basis because it's day, date, and time. What is your 
what is your most important metric? Is it, I'm guessing it's at this point, it's not just raw viewership. Is it engagement? Is it time spent with the programming? Like what do you, what do you look to measure your growth? Um, organic downloads and usage versus us buying them. Um, uh, churn, you know, how many are we keeping and how, 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 how deep are they getting into the service? Uh, so are they spending, not just are they spending a lot of time, but are they doing a lot of discovery? And when you say um, churn in an ad-supported environment, do you mean just engagement? Like if they go for, like you would call churn if they don't touch the app for a week or two or something like that. Correct. They stop using it. Yeah. That's which, is, which is quite common, right? Yeah. Uh, churn, in, churn in the subscription part or in the ad-supported part is fairly significant. And... Um, you'll see people in the marketplace, you know, having campaigns in Roku store, Prime Video or whatever, uh, um, or in the Fire uh, TV app store weekly, right? They're constantly refreshing mm -hmm. the churn. They're not mm -hmm. just growing, they're refreshing the churn. And um, that's one model, you know, where you're, you're throwing tons of money against something and you're bringing in tons of viewers and, and, keeping them for some part and then hopefully getting them to watch a little bit more, a little bit more, but most, a lot of them are going to leave. That's the nature of what's happening right now. There's a tremendous amount of sampling going on. Right. So, so as a, as an example of what happened uh, with COVID, right? Uh, everyone all of a sudden was at home. People were looking for alternatives to Netflix, <laughs> right? Netflix was no longer an alternative. They were looking for people right? actually ran out of shows, right? That, that was Jimmy Kimmel's joke, right? He was like, I, watch, I, I finished Netflix last, last night, right? Um, so you had people then sampling like crazy, and if you were free, they sampled even more. And so the key question for us is we always sort of knew that that would be a sort of a moment in time. And what would now what would happen after? Not meaning after COVID ended, but meaning after you saw that spike of of people looking for alternatives. We knew it would settle. And the question for us is, would we go back to where we were? Did they just come and then just leave? Or would we maintain some percentage of it? So for us, going back to the metrics that we cared about, we're sitting now, the, the peak for us was somewhere in May, June, 45 days, I would say, of late May through early July was ah. the peak. and. Um, they were downloading us for all sorts of reasons. And we weren't buying anything. We had no media running during that time. We, had, we were showing up in the store's listings and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so they were downloading us for local news. They were downloading us because it was free TV. And we had all this sampling. We got to this peak. And when that happens, your session time tanks. So right. on average, we're at about 40 minutes or so per session time. You bring in tons of downloads, your session time is going to all of a sudden drop because right. you've got people clicking gone, basically. Right. And, right. and, and now I would say uh, we started to drop post then. And then in August, September, and October, we've settled out in a, in a certain level. End result is we're about 150% higher than we were pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. Can right. you give me can you give me any kind of a ballpark of what your what that aggregated audience is? 
Sure. So, you know, we're doing it about 40 minutes session time. We have about 6 million, a little bit over 6 million downloads. Uh, three and a half million of them are, are active. Um, that dates back from January 1 through, uh, not to, not yesterday, I haven't done yesterday yet, but the day before yesterday. Um, and we're in the neighborhood of, of you know, somewhere def over a million monthly uniques. Um, again, that will fluctuate. You'll see mm -hmm. it go significantly higher. You see it go below somewhere. So I would say somewhere in that range right now, um, which if you go back and look where Pluto and Zumo and the others were with, with far less competition after two years, um, we're right in line based on our understanding of where their numbers were back then. And where so does that, in, in terms of your plan, has, would you say the pandemic, the conditions of the pandemic have accelerated? Are you like ahead of, ahead of where you expected to be at this point because yeah, of that boost? Yeah, yeah, like 18 months ahead. Well, so uh, with no marketing money, right? So we, we, we really have yet to turn on the marketing part. And the marketing part really comes in two ways. It's, it's us going in and spending money in the stores. But it's really the local stations promoting us. And the local stations uh, have been promoting us a little bit as it relates to go to stir to watch your local news, because they're also promoting their app. They're also promoting their website. They're mm -hmm. also promoting tonight on their own news on the station. And then we just rolled out their syndicated programming. So in Baltimore, again, I think they own the rights to Judge Judy, Family Feud, and maybe, maybe Wheel and Jeopardy. I forget if it's all four. Those shows are now available on an on-demand basis in Baltimore on STIR, and they're only available on STIR. Was that a fight with those distributors to get those rights? I mean, did you, did you have to write a bigger check for those rights? Not going to comment on the terms of an agreement, right? But um, suffice it to say that, that I think everybody walked away quite happy. Um, and if anything, it was a natural evolution uh, of, of the partnership between, you know, uh, syndicators and a station group. It and first started, it, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, just to get very geeky syndication, does, you know, barter is a part of all big syndication shows. Does the barter component continue into the, into the STIR telecast, you know, the STIR uh, simulcast? Absolutely. And yeah. it's not a stir simulcast. It's Sorry, a, you said on demand. It's an on demand. A stir, a stir uh, in pattern play, because I like using the word in pattern versus the word simulcast. A stir in pattern play uh, is next. Mm -hmm. So we have, the, we have the rights to do that as well. The first step of this was to roll out catch-up viewing. Mm -hmm. So is it like the next day you can get the next day's episode? Midnight, I think, yeah. Midnight, yeah. So, yeah. Is there any tension for the stations in terms of, in, in terms of, you know, having the, the potential to have what you call an in-pattern telecast at the, you know, at the same time? Is there, is there a gut level of, Ugh, I don't want to let my signal out beyond my, you know, linear station or are your general managers like, they're looking at the future and saying, we've got to get, we've got to be in here too. So I, I think um, 
So I think just two parts. One is I just think as a company, we're, we're looking sort of at all ways of distribution of, a, of our station and the programming on our station. And, uh, and then in particular, we're looking at our signals uh, as, a, as a method of streaming, because that's really what ATSC 3.0 is about. Next Gen TV uh, is the next generation of a broadcast signal. It's all about streaming. So all of that is consistent thinking, right? It, as, a, as, a, as someone who's uh, on the line, you know, selling day in, day out, inventory and so on. So a general manager, general sales manager and so on. I think there's always a, a nervousness about seeing your programming, even though it's on something else you may own, there's always a nervousness that it in some way will hurt your primary way they're viewing, which I get. But the reality is if they're not going to watch you over there, they're going to watch someone else over there. Right. Right. And, and and that's what's happening. People are moving that. I mean, I gave you some stats from Nielsen, right? Mm -hmm. There's right. so much, so much of the viewing is now going on either on an only OTT basis or on a OTA basis uh, or a combination of OTT and streaming uh, and, and cable. But it's, it's the viewing is, is, is no longer dominated by one single input. And, and you need to be in all of them. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. Strictly Business.